0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. just be sure to rate. Review and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Lockdown Panthers. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. And to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Lockdown Panthers, either at me. Or DM me right now on Twitter at Julian Council, and I will get to your question this Friday. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you a comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out your special offer for locked on listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. Four days away. From the start of the 2022 Carolina Panthers season, and I am ready to finally get there as Baker Mayfield will hopefully get his revenge against the Cleveland Browns there week one here in uptown Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. But before we do that, I figured why not? It's it's Wednesday, and moving forward on Wednesdays, what I want to do, considering that Tuesday is the off day throughout the regular season, and there's not much that I can take from a Tuesday unless something like bad happens. I figure that will be the time to likely try and get some guests on and try to get some Panthers guests on people who cover the team. And then maybe some other people out there that don't cover the team, but are um, of course read up and intelligent on the team we can offer you some different perspectives as Thursdays will be our crossover episode. So a little bit less of me as we get into the routine really next week of how I want the show to look like uh, or list or sound really uh, through the rest of the season so for the next 18 weeks so excited for that but uh I figured today with the season about to start why not give a couple of bold predictions and I don't really know how bold some of these are there are some opinions I've been throwing out there and and I just thought maybe I'd throw this out here as well so let's go ahead and start off with one that I don't know how bold this is because I've basically been saying it for weeks now but I think the Carolina Panthers gonna go 10 and 7 make the playoffs and I am dangerously close and I was Feeling emboldened by a certain someone from the NFL network. And we'll get into what he had to say about the Panthers later on. But I was feeling pretty emboldened by this individual to go out on a limb and say the Carolina Panthers are going to win a division. Like 10-7 and might be good enough against Tampa and New Orleans this upcoming season. We're going to take even closer of a look at the NFC South as we do have our Locked On season preview coming out um, today. I think today actually is when it comes out where you can check out what I had to say. Ross Jackson, David Harrison, and Aaron Freeman, all hosts of the Saints the Buccaneers, and the Falcons, respectively, what we had to say about the NFC South and the outlook heading into this upcoming season, including Matt Williamson as well, who hosts the Peacock and Williamson podcast. But Carolina, I got on going 10-7. and 7. The defense should still be one of the best units in the NFL this upcoming season, and hopefully they can go from good to great. They can get more takeaways. They can be better in the red zone. If they do that, it's going to once again be a top-five unit, and hopefully overall, not just top two total defense, but in all these other areas, the defense can improve. I look at the offense line, the offense as a whole. Baker Mayfield is a starting quarterback. In the O-line, rebuilt. Chris McCaffrey, fingers crossed that he's healthy. I think this team is going to be drastically improved in the win-loss column. They did improve in certain facets of the game last year. We did not see that as they went 5-12. and 12. And it's hard to really look at the positives when a team starts off 3-0 and and then goes – 2-12 and 12 the rest of the way. I don't think that's going to be the case this season. I think 10-7, and seven, I think they get off to a good start and they hold on and they're a playoff team and maybe even a pot- potential division champion in the NFC South this upcoming season. And speaking of Chris McCaffrey and his health, I think Chris McCaffrey, who the last two seasons has dealt with ankle injuries, and a shoulder injury, and just bad luck. I think luck turns his way, and Chris McCaffrey stays healthy, and if Chris McCaffrey is healthy, as I've been saying and why I'm not ready to give up on this player, especially at how young he is, and considering the Carolina Panthers can't really get rid of him, considering the injuries in the contract, if he's healthy, Chris McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL. When he's healthy, he is a top five offensive weapon in the NFL. We're going to see that once again this upcoming season, which is why I think Christian McCaffrey, not Baker Mayfield, a popular pick, but Christian McCaffrey will be the comeback player of the year in the NFL this upcoming season when he's healthy for the full 17-game slate, and he's cooking NFL defenses like he did in his first four seasons or three seasons before he got injured the last two years. Terrace Marshall, the wide receiver group, it's pretty loaded at this point in time. Got DJ Moore, got Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, Rashard Hollywood-Higgins, Shai Smith look really good throughout the preseason during training camp. They traded for LaVisca Chenault last week. Andre Roberts, Taylor returned return kicks. And even Preston Williams is sitting on the practice squad, and he has experience in the NFL, back down with Miami, of making plays and being a key contributor for an offense. It's a loaded position group. And there's going to be opportunities for the guy who's at the hot hand. And you might also see players not getting as many opportunities as you would hope. There was a ton of hype about Terrace Marshall going back to mandatory minicamp in the middle of June, and that entered into the week one or the first week of the, of the preseason but of training camp down at Wofford. All the talk was that he's clearly the number three wide receiver. And Terrace Marshall is becoming a problem. Then he gets a, a hamstring injury. There's a talk about Rule saying we need Terrace Marshall out there healthy. There's questions of whether he's going to make the roster. Might he be someone that they trade to New York to bring in Denzel Mims? No more of that. Terrace is on this roster. Terrace Marshall, to me, is the second most talented player at the wide receiver position for the Carolina Panthers. And I believe, with him being healthy this season, that we're going to finally see it. And it won't be Robbie Anderson, who's the number two wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. It will actually end up being Terrace Marshall, who's going to make a ton of plays for this team and help take the load off of DJ Moore this upcoming season. Now, speaking of DJ Moore, he's been one of the most underrated, undervalued, NFL wide receivers throughout the league the last couple of years. And that's not here in Carolina because we know how good DJ Moore is. We've looked at the drag he's had at quarterback during his career his first four seasons. And we've seen what he's done the last three years, despite all that, really in spite of how bad the quarterback play has been. Well, he's going to step up and have another great year, the best year of his career so far entering his fifth season. And DJ Moore will end up being a pro bowler for the first time in his career. J.C. Horn as well. Only saw him for 10 quarters a season ago. He's a dog. And with him and C.J. Henderson and Dante Jackson, the Carolina Panthers, in my opinion, have what's going to end up being one of the top 10 cornerback units in the NFL this upcoming season. J.C. Horn will be a Pro Bowler for his first time in his career. and Of course, only in his second season, but really his first full season as a Carolina Panther. Brian Burns will get to double-digit sacks and will be a Pro Bowler, All-Pro, very difficult at the position that Brian Burns plays, and there's also questions on the other side of the ball, and we're going to get into some of the final remaining questions I have for this Carolina Panthers team in a moment. There's still a question of who can take the pressure off of Brian Burns on the other side of him as an edge rusher on this defense. Looks like it's going to be a by-committee approach, despite the Panthers bringing in Henry Anderson. That's not really what he does at 6'6", 301. So they're going to have to find someone else who can help Brian Burns, but... Regardless of all that, I think Brian Burns is going to have double-digit sacks for the first time in his, per- his career. And then Shaq Thompson, who had the foot injury, had a bone-on-bone knee issue they had to play through all of last season. He will also be a pro bowler. One player, though, well, actually two players, will be all pros. I mean, Chris McGaffrey, comeback player of the year, so clearly going to be an all-pro. And then the other one, someone who I think a lot of us are excited to see what he can do in year three under the tutelage of Steve Wilkes is Jeremy Chin. Steve Wilkes came here. He talked about, I want to turn Jeremy Chin into a pro bowler. We know who his uncle is, Steve Atwater, who's a pro football Hall of Famer. Jeremy Chin, already off to a fantastic start in the NFL in his career with over 100 tackles in his first two seasons. John Beeson, Luke Kuechly, the only two Carolina Panthers to do that in their first two years in the NFL. Jeremy Chin going to have over 100 tackles once again. I think he's going to get a couple more takeaways, and he will certainly be a vital part of what I think is going to be, yet again, an excellent all-around defense for the Carolina Panthers in 2022. Therefore, Jeremy Chin will be an all-pro in the NFL this season. The offensive line must be better. Running the football, not too many issues the last couple of seasons. And that's one of the surprising parts about a team who has offensive line issues annually that they are as good as they've been excuse me running the football I think this season they're going to be good stopping pass rush and they're not going to give up as many sacks they have in the past I believe the Carolina Panthers offensive line is going to give up 35 or less sacks this upcoming season that would be a major upgrade considering a year ago they gave up 52 and if they do In fact, laying around that 35 range, that will make them top 10 or 12 in the NFL when it comes to sacks allowed this upcoming season. Sacks are not always an offensive line stat. It can be on the quarterback. Baker Mayfield going to have to get rid of the football. As we saw in the preseason, the guy's got good escapability, and he's been getting the ball out quicker. I'm not too concerned about Baker and his ability to make good decisions for this Carolina Panthers offense and behind what should be an offensive line he can absolutely trust in entering his fifth year as a starter in the NFL and with that experience under his belt. The Carolina Panthers offensive line gives up 35 or less sacks this upcoming season. And in hearing all this, team goes 10-7, and seven, which is going to mean that Baker Mayfield is going to have to play well. And McCaffrey's comeback player of the year. Terrence was ascends. The defense has... Four guys go to the Pro Bowl and one All-Pro. Or, sorry, three guys going in the Pro Bowl and one All-Pro. And, all and in the offensive line is drastically improved. What's that all going to mean for Matt Rule? That Matt Rule gets a fourth year. As I've been saying to y'all, I believe in the rule of three. As corny as that might sound, and I'm sure it is. Stinks year one. You see the improvement year two. Didn't see in the win-loss column again. But we saw the improvement on defense. The Panthers able to stabilize the kicker position. Now, unfortunately, Zane Gonzalez... Is injured, out for the season. We'll see what Eddie Pinheiro can do and if he can be someone who can also be consistent like Zane was a year ago when the Carolina Panthers signed him off the Detroit Lions practice squad. But with Matt Rule, has all these things happened that I believe are going to happen, he'll be back for a fourth year as a rule of three pans out where he finally makes that jump in year three. And that's what the plan always was. When the Panthers hired Matt Rule in 2020, we knew they were going to suck in 2020. In 2021, we hoped that they would be a little bit better. And really, at times, they were, but overall, they weren't. And you are what your record says you are, as Bill Parcells used to tell us. This is the year. The Carolina Panthers not only get back to the playoffs, but are a team that people can actually be happy and proud of and that's what sucks so much about what's going on with the organization the last couple of years and all the David Tepperness of it all and y'all know how I feel about David Tepper and how he in a way after putting the logo on the field and all the beers he would drink at tailgates or the Roaring riot and all the Panther fans he's kind of sucked out the blood from this organization and the fans are frustrated. By, of course, some hiring rule, the way the the stadium looks on Sundays, the ticket prices. Apparently, they're going to have some sort of experience where I I don't even know if, if the public can even go there to see the players enter again. Stuff like that that is extremely tone deaf. And not to mention, a couple weeks ago, his basement comment about the Panther fans on Twitter. And absolutely, I see it all the time, people go way overboard in their criticism of players' and a David Tepper, particularly the language that they use. So sure, he might have a point, but to sit there and to disregard the feelings of your fan base, that's BS, man. But as far as the product on the field and the 53 men on the active roster, plus whoever else you know comes and goes throughout the season, those guys are going to be someone I think Panther fans can be proud of this upcoming season. The owner might tick you off. You might, you know, not care what he has to say. The head coach, you might not love him. He overuses the word elite, and certainly out of context plenty of times, and that's not going to stop. But again, like I've said, PR-wise, Matt Rule, ignore what he says. What matters is what they do. And if this team plays hard, they stay healthy, and Baker Mayfield delivers, this is going to be a football team that's going to be 10-7, and and damn well might win a division here in 2022. So, those are my bold predictions for the Carolina Panthers 2022 season. Now, as far as that goes, let's look at the NFC South. We've kind of taken a look at it before. Peter King had some interesting thoughts on Monday in his Football Warning in America column as far as it go, uh, pertains to the New Orleans Saints and what they might be able to do. So, let's get one final look at the NFC South before the season starts this upcoming weekend, week one. In the NFL here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Here's the lesson: you don't want to be that guy, and you certainly don't want it splattered all over the internet. Guys, at Bright Co Jewelry Insurance will make sure you get a replacement for the full value of that ring, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it. Go to Bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business.
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: It's been a minute since the Carolina Panthers won the NFC South. They were the first team in division history to go back to back. And matter of fact, they went back to back to back winning division during the 2013, 14, and 15 campaigns in the NFL. And It's been a drought. 16 wasn't great. 17, they were a playoff team last time they went to the playoffs. And in the last couple years, we thought in 18, they could contend for the division. Things fell apart there in the second half of the season as Cam Newton's shoulder, unfortunately, fell apart. Then 2019 never really had a chance as Cam was out for the season after two games. And Kyle Allen, well, he did Kyle Allen things. And the past two seasons, expectations just weren't there. But now I think the expectation should absolutely be there for the Carolina Panthers to contend for the division. Remember when we had Roman Harper on a couple months ago and he talked about year one of Matt Rule, don't care. Year two of Matt Rule, don't care. Year three, this is when we start to grade Matt Rule and whether he's been a good head coach. And I know plenty of y'all think he sucks, you hate him, whatever. And I get it. I also think a lot of it's an overreaction. This is the year. he doesn't get it done this year, then yeah, he's going to have to go. Let's just be honest. We know where it's going to be headed if the Panthers don't win. We can hear about the five-year plan, six-year plan, Jay-Z, all that kind of stuff. If Matt Rule doesn't succeed this year, doesn't get this team to the playoffs, David Tepper is going to fire his ass. It's that simple for the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule this season. And as I just told y'all, I think he's going to get a fourth year because he earned a fourth year. Fingers crossed, of course, that that bold prediction, if it's even that bold, comes to fruition. As far as the NFC South outlook, as I told you, we have our NFC South breakdown as we're doing the old, the NFL uh, I think Odyssey and Locked On. We've partnered up to do uh, this NFL preview show, and so I got together the other night with Ross Jackson, the host of Locked On Saints, and with David Harrison, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks, and Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons, to talk about what we felt the NFC South would look like this year. And for the most part, we were all as far as going to the season, like in agreement with what Matt Williamson, our NFL insider here, had to say when he said, okay, Tampa Bay number one, New Orleans number two, Carolina number three, and number four way down there, Atlanta. And here's the thing I don't think that the gap between Tampa and New Orleans, Carolina, is even that far. And just considering like Tampa Bay, that's a team that is two years removed from winning the Super Bowl. Like, one and back in 2020 last year were an excellent team. And without the heroics of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Who knows? Maybe they win the Super Bowl again. That's a damn good team. They got Tom Brady. A lot of experience. Older team, but they know how to win. New Orleans should have been a playoff team last year. Wide receiver core, going to be a lot better. The defense, even without Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and losing Malcolm Jenkins as well. They're going to be a good unit. Like the Saints, I'm not necessarily worried about them being competitive, and I do still believe that Jameis Winston can be a starting quarterback in this league. The only thing about Carolina that those that they don't have, comparing those two teams, like Carolina has an excellent defense, like Tampa and New Orleans. Now, of course, they don't have a quarterback like Tom Brady, but they're right there as far as on par with Tampa, as uh, with New Orleans, rather when it comes to quarterback play. And you look at the wide receiver unit, New Orleans. I maybe you lean there just because. I don't know. Well, I guess you, I mean, Jarvis Landry is more proven than Robbie Anderson. And Chris Olavi, we'll see what he can do. I think he's going to be a really good player. Then Michael Thomas, you know, king of the slant, damn good player. Uh, I, I know we don't love him, but you got to you tip your hat to him. In comparison, too, with him, Thomas, that is, and Christian McCaffrey, like both those guys have been injured the better part of the last two seasons. And they're coming back, and their team's hoping that, please stay healthy. Like, I just don't think Carolina's that far away. And really what it boils down to me with Carolina and why I'm just in an in agreement, but not really. I'm like, okay, yeah, like I can understand where you come to that conclusion of that's how the division is going to shape up. because I can absolutely look at the Panthers finishing third and still being a playoff team and also finishing first. Like they can finish first, second, or third. Like that's how I look at it. And it's not going to be like, oh, they didn't finish first and they're in third. That, no, they're going to be like maybe a game back. It's not gonna be, oh yeah, they're like four or five, six games back at Tampa Bay. Like they're the Bucks aren't running away with this division, New Orleans is not gonna run away with the division, Carolina's not gonna run away with the division. But one of those three teams is gonna win the division. The Panthers just have not shown the ability to win. They haven't learned how to win just yet. You look at this roster, particularly the guys that have been here in Carolina, like Shaq Thompson was not a major part of this team back when they went to the playoffs in twenty seventeen. And same thing with Christian McCaffrey. Like he was still the backup to Jonathan, um Stewart, like, he, he was coming along. Those two guys were not necessarily integral parts in the reason why the Carolina Panthers went 11-5 and five during that regular season. And then, like, J.C. Horn, second year, Brian Burns, never have been on a good team at all here in Carolina. So there's plenty of players who've been here, like Taylor Mouton as well, who, DJ, have not learned how to win just yet. Baker Mayfield, I guess the guy knows how to win because he won in Cleveland. And it, more recently, when Carolina has. So that's the only reason you can take a step back and be like, okay, I don't know about this team. And I do think the correct approach, if you're a Panthers fan, and someone who's going to be cautious to put your heart out there, is to take a step back and think about how, okay, in 18, we thought they are going to be good, but they weren't. Even when they lost Cam in 19, like they won force her with Kyle Allen, and we thought that maybe they'd be good. And then you have the heartbreak and the snow in Green Bay. And the awful rough in the password penalty right before the half on Joe McCoy. And just Kyle Allen outright just not being a very good quarterback. And in the last two years, just no expectations. And then especially when you get your hopes up last year starting off 3-0, schedule and circumstance certainly helped with that. And then the feeling of Cam coming back and then losing 7th straight, I can see how this is a beaten down franchise. And as far as the fan base goes and all the things I mentioned before about how things have gone and the perception nationally, even locally, in a way that Matt Rule speaks and the owner and his general attitude towards the fan base, it seems to be heading to the season. I can see why you would take that approach. And in fact, the Panthers just don't have that much proven experience of winning plays into that. But Kyle Brandt was on Good Morning Football this morning. or on Tuesday morning, rather. I'm recording Tuesday evening, but on Tuesday morning, And he's saying, I go for gut. And my gut tells me the Carolina Panthers are going to win the division. That's what his gut was telling you. And there's a part of me that wants to say that, but also the cautious nature of being a fan of this team and seeing what they've done the last couple years just won't allow me to get there. I'm ready. I'm already said multiple times and locked it in, 10 and 7. But I'm just not there to be like, oh, this team's going to win the division. I'm not ready to do that. I want to do that. I can absolutely see Tampa – Carolina and/or New Orleans getting into the playoffs. I don't know if three get in, two. It's gonna be tough with the NFC West. I mean, San Francisco, no idea what Trey Lance is gonna look like. Arizona, I just part of me just does not trust Kyler Murray. The NFC North, only one team I can see. Maybe Minnesota finds a way. And then as far as the NFC East, like Dallas or maybe they they could get two. I just don't see three getting in, but I can absolutely see a Carolina and or Tampa, New Orleans kind of situation. As far as two of those three, I could see absolutely in the playoffs. So, Atlanta's going to suck. Again, 4-2 and in a division. Sweep Atlanta, hold serve either at home or on the road. I guess hold serve would be at home. But hold serve at home against Tampa and New Orleans, and you're 4-2. and And if you go 4-2 and in this division, I mean, Atlanta's going to get somebody. Let's just be honest. They're going to get somebody. Hopefully, it's New Orleans week one. I feel good about where this team is headed this upcoming season. And don't think this division is bad at all. It's not back to where it was back in like 15 and 16 and 17. Um, but I uh, I feel good about where the Panthers are as far as in this division. And I think it should be a fun year in the NFC South here in 2022. Now, there are a couple of questions that still remain for the Carolina Panthers heading into week one matchup against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday I'll go over a couple of the final remaining questions that I have for the Carolina Panthers here in a moment on Locked On Panthers. The NFL season is back tomorrow night. The Los Angeles Rams welcome in the Buffalo Bills. And that means it's time for fantasy football. and. One of my favorite places to go play daily fantasy is over at our friends at Prize Picks. So, how does Prize Picks work? All you gotta do is pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing against other people; it's just you versus projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch, and when they say any, they really mean any. Here's just a couple of them: the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA. College football, all pretty standard, right? Well, hey, they also have women's college basketball, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. So this is how it works. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100 on the
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All righty, so I've given you my bold predictions for this season. I've looked at how the NFC South could shake out and where uh, the Carolina Panthers fit in it, and not quite ready to take that leap of faith and say the Carolina Panthers win a division. Who knows? And Here's the thing, too. Like, I have a bachelor party. I'm supposed to be going on MLK Day weekend, which coincidentally is also the same weekend of Super Wild Card Weekend. And I've been telling people, like, and it's a cruise. And I hate cruise. I've never been on a cruise. I have no interest in doing this whole cruise thing. But that's what I'm going to have to do, unfortunately. So we're out here booking it eight months in advance. Like, it was a couple months ago we had to book it. And it just sucked. It's like... Yeah, let me throw down this money, but if the Panthers go to the playoffs, then I'm going to be out on this whole Bahamas cruise deal because I got to serve the listeners, and I'm going to want to be at Bank of America Stadium for that day, so I'm not ready to go there just yet as far as the Panthers being a division champion. Maybe in the next couple of days, I will. But who knows? So just, That's just one thing I threw out there. So, y'all give me some advice on how I should go about that. Either way, I'm just going to pay for it. And if I throw money down the drain, then I guess I throw money down the drain. Not like I really have money to afford to throw down the drain. But either way, let's get into some of my final remaining questions for the Carolina Panthers heading into this 2022 season. First question, and it is a question that we all uh, have been asking for really weeks, months, is um, who is going to step up opposite of Brian Burns and take off the pressure from him? Teams are going to focus all their attention on Brian Burns until someone or a group of guys shows that they can also be a threat. Whether it's Marquise Haynes or Etor Gross Matos, if Brandon Smith lines up out there, Corey Littleton, Jack Thompson, Frankie Luvu, who knows? Until that happens, Brian Burns is going to get chipped all year long. And that's probably going to happen anyways Because it's hard to look at anyone on the roster right now and to think that, oh, yeah, there's offensive coordinators in this league that are concerned about that guy coming off the edge opposed to being more concerned about the other dude, Brian Burns, on the other side. It's hard to see that. And despite all that, I think Brian Burns will be a pro bowler and get double-digit sacks. Because really, out of necessity, he's going to have to do that for the Carolina Panthers. And hopefully he can, like, the thing is about it, he should have had double-digit sacks. He just finds a way to just miss, like maybe run past a dude and just miss that tackle. He's, he's got to wrap up and get it done this year. And I get that they added at Henry Anderson, and that to me is more of Scott Fitter fulfilling the need to find somebody who can set the edge as a uh, run stuffer. And he wanted that body type, and they finally found it. in and Anderson, after seeing him in joint practices with New England a couple weeks ago, but they never went out there and, and added that edge rusher possibly, and the Panthers have never really been the most aggressive at the trade deadline, uh, possibly there might be someone on an expiring contract later on this season where Carolina's looking at where they're at and that, well, hell, Matt Rule has to win, and they're thinking to themselves, okay, let's go get that guy and let's find a way to help out Brian. So I, I have a question of whether they'll do that later on, and if not, who's going to step up? The linebacker play. Aside from Shaq Thompson, has been not great. Frankie Louvu gets an opportunity to be a starter this upcoming season. Looked really good limited snaps last year in special teams. Did his job. Now he has the job. Can he continue that with more snaps? Middle linebacker. Been a trash-ass position, y'all. <laughs> Just to be honest, it's been terrible. And when you look at what... Happened a year ago, they decided to let Denzel Perryman go off to Las Vegas and then see how Jermaine Carter played in a year prior to that with uh, number 52, whose name will not be uh, said on this podcast today. It's not been good. Damian Wilson, like, need this guy to step up. If he's not going to do it, can Brandon Smith, the fourth rounder out of Penn State, can he do that, the rookie? Because Phil Snow's already said, like, that guy's going to start for us one day. Well, if he's the best one and he can play that position, he can run sideline to sideline like he showed in the preseason, then... Please. So, will the linebacker play be better overall? We'll see. And with that, will the Panthers be able to stop the run? On Sunday, big opportunity to do that. Only chance Cleveland has to win that game is if the defense is able to get a ton of takeaways or if they're able to run all over Carolina and give Jacoby Brissetta an opportunity to spread it around to what is not a very exciting wide receiver core outside of Amari Cooper. And even Amari Cooper... Doesn't really excite me as much as he used to. Like, I he played well last year against Carolina, of course. Um, he had that touchdown on CJ Henderson, who still didn't even know the system, but still, whatever. The Browns can't win unless Baker throws a couple pick sixes, Panthers are turning all over in their own territory, and Cleveland capitalizes on a short field. I just don't see how they're going to win this game unless they were able to run in Carolina. And the Panthers were excellent against the run to start off last season. Then they gave up 245 yards at Dallas, and then they were good, but then they were bad against Minnesota. It's just the whole yo-yo of, oh, they were good sometimes, bad at the times. In the games where they played against teams, like I mentioned yesterday, who were top 10 rushing, they were 1-4. And, and that one game that they won, they held their opponent under 100 yards rushing. And that was also the game where Kyler Murray did not play for the Arizona Cardinals. I think if Kyler Murray would have played – Arizona probably has over 100 yards rushing. Not going to say that they're going to win that game because that defense that day was excellent. And the Panthers have owned the Cardinals the last couple of years. But that is absolutely a question mark. Tight end, will anyone emerge? The team seems like Stephon Sullivan, Ian Thomas. We didn't see any of them from the preseason because he was injured with that rib injury. And Tommy Trimble, like they have guys who can catch the ball who are capable. Just how big of a part of the offense will they be? Will someone just step up and be that go-to guy? I mean, Giovanni Ricci. he's looked the part when we saw him out there in those three preseason games. So he's someone I'm also looking at. So will anyone emerge that tie end? in? And then finally, my last question is, will this kicker make kicks? We'll see. I'm just going to be skeptical of it until I see it as I was of Zane Gonzalez last year. And you can now point to that being like, well, you were wrong about Zane Gonzalez. I was just more so like thinking, it's really hard to find a kicker you can rely on in the middle of the season at this point in the season. And the Panthers, fortunately, were able to do that. Will they be able to do it again this year? We will see. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show. Over on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. So either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council, participate in this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. In the meantime, stay safe, be happy, be whole, as always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you Thursday as I'll be joined by Jeff Lloyd and Garrett Bush for our crossover Thursdays, the first one of the week, as we break down a Carolina Panthers matchup with the Cleveland Browns here, right down the street, at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte. Goodbye.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.